So you've you've just you've decided that I'm on already. Is that what you've done? You just went. The show's the show started. I didn't get to decide if the show was starting. Show that was decided for me. But the show has started. It started on a couple of platforms. We're uh, hey YouTube friends, how are you? How you guys doing out there in YouTubeville? Um, trying to get it up here on Facebook Live. Uh, it doesn't sound right, does it? I'm trying to get it up on Facebook Live. Um, I don't think that. I don't know if they let that video be on. I don't know. I don't know what videos they let on or off anymore on uh, Facebook. So uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Kind of a dark picture today. There we go. That's brighter. That's lighter. We have sun in the fun. I was saying a dark picture. I just might be tan. That might be a good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, children of all persuasions, children of all ages, mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, second cousins, distant relations, foster parents. Welcome, one and all. You are watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. You're not actually watching it with Tony Visick. Tony Visick isn't sitting next to you. While you watch this, you aren't in the car with Tony Visick, and I'll tell you why I know that, because I am Tony Visick, and I'm not with you physically, but I'm with you emotionally, psychologically, mentally, spiritually. I'm with you, and I'm with you now on Facebook Live on my uh, on just my regular Facebook page, Tony Visick. I'm with you on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel, and I'm with you on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. Hello, Tina and Mike. Hello, Kelly. Uh, the tribe gathers, ladies and gentlemen. The tribe gathers. Um, human beings have a need, a desire to come together right now. They have a, they do, and we often do it in, over sporting events and family functions and, and music concerts and large rallies, and um, there's not a lot of that going on. Now, as I understand it, the uh, commander-in-chief... He's planning a big rally in Tulsa, and we'll see how that goes. But for the most part, many of the big gathering, uh, places of gathering that were uh, churches, not church, churches fried chicken. It's a great gathering place, by the way. If, you, if they said, well, we got a choice between opening up the churches or churches fried chicken, I might go if, it was, if I was in charge, I'm, and I'm not. I might go churches fried chicken. Because then I go, you know, go in there and uh, get a chicken wing and pray, you know. So uh, they kill uh, two birds with one stone. One of those birds being a chicken, which you can eat. <laughs> so there's not a lot of places to gather together. So uh, one of the ways that we're gathering together is uh, on shows like this, on platforms like this. When people uh, come together and, uh, and we listen to one another talk and uh, 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 engage in jocularity. Jocularity. So that's what we're doing today. Um, I had a great advanced comedy workshop last night. Uh, a lot of you know. Uh, I'm, you know what? I don't know what you know. It's metaphysically impossible for me to know. It's absurd for me to know what you know. Uh, I assume that many of you, and if you don't, you're going to know now, <clears throat> know that for the last 20 years I've taught a stand-up comedy workshop primarily in the Phoenix area, but also in Los Angeles, um, St. Louis, um, Detroit, and New Mexico, San Diego, but primarily in Phoenix for uh, some inexplicable reason. Just a lot of creative people here. It's a lot of great creative energy in Phoenix, and I'm not kidding when I say that, you know, and so many uh, famous people have come out of uh, uh, Southern Arizona, including just in music alone. In music alone, we can go Gin Blossoms. You go, okay, all right. But then we go Linda Ronstadt. You go, ooh, and then we go um, 
uh, um, uh, Fleetwood Mac. You know, you go, oh, okay, all right, all right. And that's just, you know, uh, uh, I think Fee Waybill from the Tubes or Vince Wellneck from the Tubes. Uh, Fee Waybill came out of uh, Phoenix. That's just their comedy. So many great ones. Uh, Gary Shandling, of course, David Spade. Um, uh, Josh McDermott, who uh, started as a comic, is now on uh, The Walking Dead. A lot of great, a lot of great creative energy in Phoenix. A lot of it. Okay. Um, Stevie Nicks. I didn't mean, I said, just said, I just said Fleetwood Mac. The entire band Fleetwood Mac didn't come from Phoenix. Stevie Nicks did. Um, what I found out later on about Stevie Nicks. You go, Ooh, what'd you find out about Stevie Nicks? No, no. I found out that there was a, um, Outdoor music venue that is revered by people of a certain age, people who are teenagers or in college in the uh, uh, late 60s, 70s, I think going to the 80s, 80s, called Compton Terrace, which was uh, on Interstate 10, heading uh, right outside of Chandler. Is that correct, Shirley? Yeah. Yes. And that uh, Stevie Nicks' father owned Compton Terrace. She was, she was steeped in the music industry long before she, uh, she and Lindsey Buckingham joined... Um, Fleetwood Mac. Matter of fact, they had a band called Buckingham Knicks, named after, oddly enough, if you haven't figured out their last names. Anyway, a lot of great creative energy. So last night, I had my regular now Wednesday night uh, uh, stand-up comedy workshop, and I got to tell you, the people in that workshop, I'm just amazed by them. They are so creative. They are so on point. Um, learning how to do things uh, with Zoom, learning how to do them with social media just seems to be focusing so many creative talents in a, uh, in a much greater way, you know, and these guys are so focused, they're writing so on point, they're moving along so quickly that uh, I can't wait for you to be able to witness them, which you'll be able to do for free, what, free, yes, on uh, June 26th on Zoom, you want to watch this space and all the other spaces I occupy for how you'll be able to attend, if you want to attend the uh, Advanced Comedy Workshop June 26th graduation show called Class Clowns. If you want to attend that for free, you write me, Tony Visick at Comedy Schools at Hotmail.com, and I'll send you your super secret, super duper magical Zoom code that will let you into the room to see stand-up comedy like you've never seen it before. Whole new way of doing it, okay? Whole new group of people are going to merge out of this. It's going to be a whole new group of stars, just like there were stars out of YouTube videos. Yeah, I remember when YouTube videos first started... Stand-up comics and clubs going, I, is that even funny? And there'd be lines out the door when these people did appear live. Lines going down the block. I witnessed it on two separate occasions in Phoenix. One time I got a call from a guy who managed Tempe Improv. He goes, you got to get over here and see this. I go, I goes, this girl is a YouTube star. She has uh, millions of followers or hundreds of thousands. I don't even know. We sold her out. Uh, we sold three shows today because we're letting in people who are underage. We're just not selling alcohol. And we sold out three shows. And they're just in here watching her. YouTube stars were born out of YouTube. Broadway stars, actors at the turn of the 19th century looked at film and thought it was stupid. And then, of course, the movies gave us stars. When the movie went to sound, a lot of people went, that's not going to work. And then sound gave us stars. YouTube gave us stars. This new way of doing things is going to give us stars. And if you want to witness who may be some of those stars, June 26th. You, June 20, Look, I'm doing that thing with my hand. See that? Now, people don't, yeah, do that. Now, that's like nobody really moves their hand that way. You know, that's like one of those. Uh, you ever notice that, how there'll be certain body language that a generation picks up? And you go, that's a learned body language. It's not, 
That's not real human body language. Uh, so uh, anyway, all right, enough of that. Uh, I got a beginning workshop tonight that I'm excited to be doing as well. And of course, if you ever thought about doing it, uh, July 1st is when my next uh, my next um, beginning workshop starts. And you can register for that by going to ComedySchools.com. And I'm going to do, and I have on ComedySchools.com a free intro next Tuesday. That's free as well. Two free things, three free things. This is free. You're getting this free. You're getting it free. And then I've got a free intro to stand-up comedy workshop for you. It's coming Tuesday at 6 p.m. And, and I got a free stand-up comedy show for you June 26th. So uh, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'll give it to you every chance I can. All right. Anybody got any questions or comments or anything? No. Nary a word. Nary a word. That's fine. That's fine. I'm having a great uh, morning. Uh, you know, when you talk about where you're going to put your risk, people go, don't you miss... Don't you miss this? Don't you miss that? I go, no, I don't miss things I've already done. Don't you miss going to like basketball games? I go, well, I've already gone to basketball games. I don't miss going to basketball games. When they start having basketball games that I can go to again, I'll probably go to some. But I'm not going to let it run my life. Don't you miss the comedy clubs? No. No. You know, I'll tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The few of you watching. I think that this might be a good thing. Because for far too long, what has passed as the standard for American humor has been stuff that's been done uh, in uh, some club. And by the way, no, not a hipster club, you know. Not like a, a place ran by, you know, a former jazz musician, you know, uh, who's now a, uh, run, also runs an N.A. meeting there in the afternoon. You know, where the hungry and the hunted go up and express... Uh, uh, their uh, sorrow, hypocrisy, rage, and silliness in a unique way. But in some suburban place where just a bunch of drunken people who got free tickets show up, and um, then they decide, because they filled up the room, who's funny and who's not funny. I mean, I know how the game's played. Uh, I think that this new thing, so I, I'll go back. I like a lot of stand-up comedy clubs. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a num- I, matter of fact, there's not a stand-up comedy club in Phoenix that I dislike and go, ooh, that's a bad club. But uh, I'm not sitting home going, God, I wish I could go and listen to somebody who's been doing it for three years talk about their penis for 15 minutes in a way that might possibly be funny three years from now. No. <laughs> so uh, all that being said, June 28th, ladies and gentlemen, June 28th, um, me and a bunch of my friends, Tony Visigan and friends, will be at Stir Crazy Comedy Club, which is a very cool club, ran by a comic. So it's a cool room because it's a comic that put together a room that works for comics. <coughs> and that guy does a lot of good for the local scene, regional scene, and national scene. Uh, does a lot of great things. Uh, we'll be there June 28th. Tickets are available for that at stircrazy.com. Um, I forgot why I went on that rant. Why did I go on that rant? There's no need for all these rants. This show is built around three things, ladies and gentlemen. The first one being um, your questions or comments that you can paste on place right here on Facebook Live that I'll try to uh, answer to the best of my ability. Uh, you can also do it on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel or on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. It's also based on some knick-knack memorabilia, something I have laying around here in a home office that meant something to me at one time that then gathered dust, and then I've dusted them off and went, oh my God, this was so important to me. How did it become unimportant? And that might be a lot of the problem, don't you think, is how important things then become unimportant to us? You know, 
We lose our focus. So here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to recommend a book today. Here's the book. The Searchers. It's called The Searchers. You can't see that on YouTube. The lights are too bright, so I'll just tell you. It's The Searchers, and uh, it's by a guy named Glenn Frankel. It is The Making of an American Legend, and it's a stunning book because it really, tell, it really tells us a story of America. You know, going from deep in Comancheria. Comancheria was a great empire that existed in the uh, west and southwest of America for hundreds of years. And phonetically, you may be able to figure out that Comancheria was the land of the Comanche Empire. And it was a real empire with real governance, towns, villages, maybe not in the way that you think of it as like, you know, uh, uh, temporary wooden structures that are uh, that we have the conceit will be permanent. You know, uh, a whole governmental system, Comancheria, and the new country of Texas, the nation of Texas, and it tells the story all the way from the uh, story of uh, I believe her name was Cynthia Parker, a woman who was uh, because at that time as uh, the new people were moving into Comancheria. There were uh, wars and pitched battles with incredible violence and a lot of kidnapping going on of uh, men, of boys and children and girls, babies, women. And Cynthia Parker was kidnapped at 14 years old. 14 years old by the Comanches. And was kept for many years till a man named Charlie Goodnight, while on, um, while on patrol many years later, she became a cause celebrate throughout America because reporters wrote about it and dispatches were sent back to East Coast newspapers. Uh, for years, they searched for her, never could. And then by happy stand, happenstance during a skirmish, Charlie Goodnight, the famed Charlie Goodnight, whose uh, uh, stories and tales uh, form so many of the, uh, the myths of the uh, America West uh, and so many of the stories, found her inexplicably and brought her back home where she was absolutely fucking miserable. Pardon my language. Uh, because uh, she had spent the last 15, 20 years uh, as, the, uh, as a Comanche and then as a bride of a Comanche chief. She had two sons, two sons. That one went on to become uh, the last great Comanche chief. Many times she tried to escape and get back to her Comanche way of life. She was absolutely miserable back in a, a wooden house with a wooden bed uh, with a straw tick mattress. Uh, being a curiosity to um, uh, recently immigrated uh, Swedes and uh, uh, slaveholders from Kentucky that had moved to uh, Texas to uh, uh, increase their fame and fortune. Um, her son, Quana Parker, became the last great Comanche chief, the one who finally negotiated a peace for his people with what was that had become the United States of America and then lived in southern Oklahoma until the 1900s in great wealth and comfort. That story, the story of Cynthia Parker and the saga, later on became a book called The Searchers, which not too many people read. But a uh, guy at a movie lot did, and he gave it to John Ford, and John Ford was now considered the greatest Western of all time, The Searchers, with John Wayne. And it's one of the more honest portrayals of the time and of the people. John Wayne doesn't play a wonderful guy. He plays uh, basically a racist, a man who hates Native Americans, a Southern, a, uh, a Texican who fought for the South and then now has come back home and now goes on a search 
for his niece. And with his intent being to kill her because it'd be better to be dead than to live as a white woman under uh, Comanche uh, under uh, Comanche rule. Uh, the movie also stars uh, um, Jeff Hunter and Natalie Wood and a, b- a bunch of the great John Ford stock, player- stock players. The movie itself is taken on its own myth. This book, The Searchers by Glenn Franklin, and I'm just, guys, I'm just giving you a thumbnail. Trace that entire history from before Cynthia Parker all the way up through John Wayne making the film with John Ford, or John Ford making the film with John Wayne. Most of the great John Wayne movies were actually John Ford films or Howard Hawks films. Two great directors. He had the uh, privilege of working with them, made incredibly good stories and movies. So if you're looking for a good summer read and you want to read something that um, gives you a little different perspective on things, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about freaking you out or changing your mind, man. I'm not talking about you need to know the truth, man. Because most of the people that say they're full of crap. Uh, I actually got in a minor skirmish with a guy on Facebook today. He said he was being censored. And I go, don't you have better things to do as a grown man than go on Facebook? And, and he goes, the people, the people have to know the truth. And I go, you know what? I'm going to do a show today and do payroll. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we're all taking ourselves too seriously, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, if you're looking for a good uh, summer read, and if you want a different perspective on American history, and one that will um, make you feel good, question things, think all at the same time, and realize the inevitability of some things, then read this book, because it takes you all the way from there. It takes us all the way from uh, um, lean-to shacks uh, deep in Texas all the way to the mansions in the Hollywood Hills. It's a great book. You should read it. You should read it. I have a book here my daughter gave me uh, about Winston Churchill and um, uh, I think H.G. Wells. It's about both of those guys. Both of those guys. And I haven't read it yet, but it's, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, that's, that's the next thing I'm going to read. Okay, but um, the next thing I'm going to talk about, ladies and people, unless you've got something you want to talk about. Uh, and none of you were mentioning anything, is I'm going to recommend uh, two pieces of music. Hold on, I'm going to bring uh, my guest on for the day. Sullivan, you want to come over here? Stick your head in the camera for a second. Okay, there, hold on, you got to come all the way around. That's, uh, this is Sullivan Ramirez. Get your head all the way over there. Just, hello, say hello, Sullivan. Can you, can you say hello? Uh, okay. Okay, go ahead and say it. Stick your head back in the camera. Yeah. Say hello. Hi. Okay. That's uh, Sullivan Ramirez. Uh, when I talk about where are you going to put your risk, people go, where are you going to put your risk? So I'm not going to put my risk. Um, I agree with the protesters. I don't agree with the looters. But I'm not going to go running down the street cheek to cheek with a bunch of people with a flimsy mask on in 100 degrees because I don't think that's the best way for me to affect change. I uh, love stand-up comedy, but I'm not going to be going out to stand-up nightclubs every night and put my risk there. I put my risk where I can see my friends, my family, my loved ones. And... Be able to continue to do this show for you, continue to do my workshops and find new ways to bring creativity to you, the audience. Whether it's Zoom shows or Facebook Live or, I don't know, sock puppets. But continue on a quest to find new ways to be creative instead of waiting for the old portals to come back. Because they might not. Okay. Uh, The next thing that we do, ladies and gentlemen, is we uh, recommend either two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast and mighty... Vinyl album collection. And dudes, it is huge. It's much bigger than I ever thought. And I, you know, I'm not even, I still got stacks of albums I haven't gotten to. Uh, but I got two here that are going to be fun for you. 
Here is um, a guy who was forgotten but was so important and so special and so wonderful. And in all my reading about this guy, I never read a bad thing about him. Sometimes you run across somebody who's incredibly talented or brilliant or a genius, and you find out sometimes just the brittleness of uh, being a genius turns him to a difficult person. You never hear, heard or read a crossword about this man. A great folk singer, a great storyteller, more a storyteller, ladies and gentlemen. And we've forgotten about him, but we shouldn't. And I'm talking about Harry Chapin. So check that out. That is a Harry Chapin album bought when it came out. This is short stories by Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin was a wonderful guy and a wonderful storyteller, folk singer. Started in the late 60s, early 70s on the East Coast, I believe. Uh, on this is, uh, they call her easy, Mr. Tanner, mail order Annie. There's a lot of lonely people tonight. Old College Avenue. Short stories. Song for Myself, Song Man, Changes, and my personal favorite off this album, W-O-L-D. The story of a broke-down, middle-aged rock and roll DJ trying to call the wife who he treated badly when he was on his way up, and now he is incredibly lonely, okay, because he's gone from major markets to small markets. Back when the FM DJ was, in a sense, a god, before... Uh, before the talk radio uh, phenomena, uh, which was then totally co-opted by the likes of uh, Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern, you know, and turned into something less than what it could have been, uh, the FM DJ was God, the guy who seemed to choose the records that then became the soundtrack of our lives. Hey, I'm right here on KC95. I'm Prince Knight, and I got something special for you here. It was just brought to me by the manager of uh, a new band called... Led Zeppelin. So let's all experience it together right now. That kind of guy. And that kind of guy was really just a guy sitting in a room all by himself, you know, talking into the air, but millions of us connecting with them. Uh, Champ de Blasio said, didn't Harry get hit by a car and died some years back? Yes, he did, Champ. So I was going to get to that. But before he did that, besides putting out uh, great songs, the one that's most well-known of his being Cat's Cradle, uh... Cats in the Cradle in the Silver Spoon. Um, he was the one who realized a certain amount of inequity in the world and that there needed to be more. He thought he needed to do more than um, uh, just write songs about it. That's what he thought. And because he'd been very successful, he'd made a lot of money. And he got together with uh, another singer-songwriter from the era, okay, who, uh, whose greatest fame was ahead of him, uh, and also, he had a, a chicken joint, not churches, uh, Kenny Rogers. Uh, Harry Chapin and Kenny Rogers started something that became the forerunner to Live Aid. The forerunner to Live Aid. A way to be able to try to get food distributed where it was needed most. Harry Chapin, this was his cause. And like a lot of people who have achieved a certain level of success, they go, I now need to engage in some philanthropy this was his philanthropic cause, and he was a deep, passionate advocate for food equity. And he started something that became the forerunner to Live Aid, and then fate being what it is, the gods being who they are. Uh, as I understand it, champ, and I might get this wrong, uh, he was killed on the New Jersey Turnpike or on a bridge in New Jersey in a uh, head-on collision. And like that, the life of Harry Chapin was snuffed out. 
But now before he left, there's so many great albums, so many great songs, and began something that became a very extreme positive movement in the 80s that culminated, of course, with the great Live Aid shows. So um, let's not forget Harry Chapin. And if you want to do something cool, if you have Alexa, say, uh, Alexa will hear me now. Say, Alexa, play um, uh, songs off of Harry Chapin's short stories album and listen to some of these beautiful stories. Listen when you got a chance to sit back in your chair to close your eyes to let the pictures fill your mind because you will love it. You want to listen to Harry Chapin. Okay, don't forget him. He was important. This next guy we will never forget. Is he as important as far as yes, no? I don't. I he's he's great. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a, a request here from the. Uh, no, my uh, grandson just put a piece of tape on me, which you can now see live on YouTube. Uh, there, there on Facebook Live as well. He's important, much more popular. Uh, no, no, champ, you were right. You were right. He was he was killed in a. Uh, in a car accident way back. I mean, way back. Um, this next guy is still with us, okay? And he gave us a lot of songs that uh, uh, are still with us in our heart, mind, and soul today. Uh, he started out, his name has changed several times, okay? Started out, this young man was spotted by David Bowie's manager or former manager and got this young man to sign a contract with him and was going to make him into the next David Bowie, uh, complete with androgynous makeup and a change of his name and change his name from his uh, Indiana Germanic name to Johnny Cougar. But that didn't quite work. Johnny Cougar took a little control and this was the album that made him big. This is early, ladies and gentlemen, John Cougar. John Cougar. Most of us knew a John Cougar song before he knew who he was because he wrote, I Need a Lover. That was a huge hit by Pat Benatar. In the, on this album is A Little Night Dance in Small Paradise, Miami, The Great Midwest, which all of us in the Midwest love because somebody wrote a song about us. Uh, do you think that's fair? Uh, Welcome to Chinatown, Sugar Marie, Pray For Me, Taxi Dancer, and of course, I Need a Lover, his version of I Need a Lover, which was a huge hit for Pat Benatar. So with this album, we began to see the songwriter he was about to come. But he was still going by John Cougar. He'd stop being Johnny Cougar. He'd go through two more name changes, going from John Cougar Mellencamp, finally to John Mellencamp, and uh, uh, writing great tunes. Many of his tunes, by the way, or a few of his tunes, uh, based on Larry McMurtry novels. Mary, Larry McMurtry, we were talking about Glenn Frankel and the Searchers earlier. Uh, Larry McMurtry incorporated... Some of Charlie Goodnight's stories uh, that came out of uh, uh, Texas, South Texas, East Texas, West Texas, uh, right after the Civil War, into a Lonesome Dove. So uh, John Cougar is a close friend with Larry McMurtry, and uh, uh, songs of his like um, uh, When the Walls Came Tumbling Down, stuff like that, are actually loosely based on ideas that are in Larry McMurtry novels, uh, mainly the novel Hood. HUD, which was a great movie of Paul Newman. So there is a theme, there is a connection, ladies and gentlemen. I just sometimes don't know what it is. But listen to early John Cougar. Listen to the uh, self-titled John Cougar uh, uh, Mellencamp album. Listen to the entire album, Short Stories by Harry Chapin. You'll be so glad I asked you to do that. You're going to feel so good about yourself. Read The Searchers by Glenn Frankel. Okay, and this Sunday night, 
you want to do me a favor? This Sunday night, uh, I am bringing to you uh, Tony Vizic Presents Sunday Night's Funnier. It is uh, my weekly stand-up comedy show uh, where I bring you some of the best in the white-hot local Phoenix comedy scene. To, I bring them to you and to the world. Tickets are only 10 bucks for that show. Only 10 bucks. When you spend that 10 bucks, you're buying yourself three things. You're buying yourself... Hold on. Uh, there we go. Now there's a sign on me. What does that say? I can't read it. Shirley, what does the sign say? What does the sign say, Sullivan? I love pink. I love what? I love you? Pink. pink? I love... I love pink. There we go. You know what? And I do. I think she's a heck of a singer. Uh, Sunday night on Zoom, the new way to experience comedy uh, a mini pay-per-view event. Tony Vizic presents Sunday Night's Funnier. Great comics. Kev the All-Star. Jim Perry. Andrew Irwin. So many more in store. When you spend that 10 bucks, you're buying three things. You're buying great entertainment. You're buying You're buying into the economy because we use the money, part of the money to help pay, pay the comics, uh, keep them going. And we donate a portion of the proceeds to local food pantries. Three things for 10 bucks. Okay. Uh, Shane Hicks said, uh, someone I did not appreciate... Until I got older, I've always loved the lyric, uh, sucking out chili dogs outside of Taste Freeze. Yeah, that's true, Shane. But I believe, and we're going to investigate it, that Jack and Diane was actually written by Bruce Springsteen. Who knows? You know, A Fire by the Pointer Sisters is written by Bruce Springsteen. Hold on, my grandson's going to do one more thing here. He's going he's gonna to add something here. We got a little guy here that he gave me. Uh, this is, ladies and gentlemen, when quarantine's over. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you're going to run through the streets uh, in your birthday suit and engage in uh, uh, copious coitus, right? Maybe you're going to uh, uh, sing and dance. Maybe you're going to hop on planes, jet set around. Me, I'm going to White Castle. So um, this Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Vizic presents. Please buy a ticket. Tickets are available at ComedySchools.com. Those shows are growing. I can only sell 100 tickets each show. Let's sell it out this Sunday. For my producer, it happens to be my wife, Shirley Lovisic. For my, uh, uh, my partner in crime today, uh, my guest, uh, my grandson, Sully Ramirez. And uh, for this bear, hello, everybody. I want to thank you for watching. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Another great show just for you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.